I, I want to start. I want to start by um, first telling a story, if that's all right. Uh, I, I want to start by by telling you a story, and to some, the story may seem to be a little sad. But I promise you, if you don't uh, get all emotional and caught up in the middle of the service um, and listen to what the Lord is going to do at the end, I, I promise you it'll all make sense. So I want to tell you a story about a man. There was an older guy who had two sons, and the first son was a little bit different. He, he wasn't as articulate as his older son. He, he wasn't as strong as his other son. He wasn't as good-looking as his other son. I'm talking about uh, me and Kevin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but 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 what happened was they we 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 with his father um, he he had two sons that he was extremely proud of and the first son he he realized that he was a little different from the other son but yet he had a work ethic that was unmatchable uh, he 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 was a son who may not be able to do all the other things of his sibling but he had a work ethic that nobody in the vicinity uh, could match. But then there was this other son who was good-looking. He was handsome. He was charming, kind of like Dr. Mike. He, he was this man that was the epitome of uh, good-looking. He, he had brains. He had muscles. He had everything going for him. And they reached the 12th grade, and they got ready to graduate. And the older son, who was the very intelligent one of the two twins, he uh, said, Father, I, I'm going off to a prestigious school. I, I have a full ride, so what I want for my uh, graduation gift is I, I, I want a brand new Chevy pickup truck. And the father looked at him, and he asked his other son, he said, if I could ask you what it is that you would want, what is it that uh, you would ask me for? And the, the younger son, the younger of the two, said, well, uh, just give me about $25,000 so I can start a business, so I can build a future for myself. And the father reached in his drawer, and he pulled out two Bibles. And he gave him the first envelope that said, uh, here's your $25,000 in this Bible. I want you to take it, and I want you to work hard. And he looked at the older son, and he gave him a Bible, but he didn't see an envelope. And the older son got upset. He took the Bible, and he stormed out of the room. Some time passed by where the younger son, he worked hard, and he, brought, he made himself a millionaire. While the other son was able to achieve great things in the collegiate ranks, but then they got a phone call late one night. And the phone call said, well, you guys got to hurry back into town because father's not about to make it. And as they sat there, the, the younger son, he uh, began to tell his father how grateful he was for everything he had ever done. He had told him, he said, I wouldn't be able to be the man that I am today had it not been for you. I, I wouldn't be as successful as I am if it was not for you. And the older of the twins, he looked at his father with uh, the spirit of disgust and anger. And he looked at his father and he said, I've done everything that you asked me to do. I made straight A's. I stayed out of trouble. I did everything that you could possibly ask someone to do. And I, I, I did it with flying colors. And the only thing I asked you for was a pickup truck. And you gave me a old Bible. And at that moment, the father took his last breath. And as they were cleaning out the belongings, the older of the son picked up that old Bible. And as he began to flip through it, he found an envelope. And inside of that envelope, there was an address to an old shed. And inside that shed was a pickup truck. And the older kid began to weep. 
he began to weep. And as he began to weep, he began to uh, ask God to give him one more opportunity to make it right. But it was too late. So he lived the rest of his life with this anger, this upset, because he didn't realize what his father had done for him until it was too late. So those of you who have your Bibles, let's go to uh, the chapter Luke, Luke chapter number 17. And I want you to think about that story as I articulate throughout this scripture. Luke 17, there's another story. And the story is about a man. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was 10 of them. Luke chapter number 17, verse number 11. I want you to think about the story that I just shared, and I want to think. I want you to think about how this scripture and that story applies to your life. Luke chapter 17, verse number 11, it reads like this. It says, now that it happened, as Jesus went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of uh, Samaria and Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they shouted up with their voices saying, Master Jesus, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. So that is, so, uh, so it was what they went and as they went, they were clean. And one of them, when he saw uh, noticed that he was healed, he returned, and he said with a loud voice, he glorified God, and he fell down on his face at the feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17 says, And Jesus answered him and said, Were there uh, not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said unto him, Arise, go your way, for your faith has made you whole. Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to pour into the hearts of your people. We pray even now that you would hide me behind your rugged cross, that it be you that be lifted up. You said if you be lifted up, you would draw men unto you, that you might be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So now from these two stories, from these two stories, I, I, I want to preach for a few minutes from the subject. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? Have you noticed? Many of us, if we are honest this morning, we'll look at our lives and we'll say that there are areas in our lives where we need the goodness of God to show up. Many of us will begin to talk about how we need God to give us a financial blessing, how we need God to give us a, a, a health blessing, how we need God to do some miraculous things in our lives. And we'll get so fixated on the things that we need God to do that we'll begin to negate the goodness that God has already done. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting already. Maybe that's because you, you came into this place and the only thing that you could think about was the fact that you needed God to do something. If you're not careful, you can find yourself in a place that you'll be so concerned with what you need God to do that you'll begin to ignore everything that he's already done. If, if I challenge you to say, well, instead of worrying about what you need, just think about what he's done. I, I, I believe the atmosphere of this church will begin to shift because when you realize how good God has been, it automatically prompts a praise. 
It, it would automatically cause you to begin to do something and shout and begin to tell God how grateful you are for the things that God has done. But society has fixated us on being able to only concentrate on the things that we need God to do. And I, I, I believe that when we find ourselves in this place, I believe this it is when we began to negate the goodness of God. When we began to negate the power of God, we began to negate the many blessings that God has already bestowed because we don't take the time to realize how good God is. So in this story, in this story, the Bible story, what we find now is that there were uh, 10 men who found themselves to be in a place where they were isolated because of their condition. Now, if I would ask the question, how many of us have ever been isolated because of our conditions? How many of us have ever been isolated? Nobody wanted to deal with us. Nobody wanted to talk to us. Nobody wanted to associate with us. All because the condition that we have. Ain't it good that God is not like man? Ain't it good that God is not like man? He doesn't care about your condition and your condition actually draws you. <laughs> to, uh, you know, Pastor Kevin said that the woman was brave enough to touch God and God was loving enough to let him. Think about how profound that statement is. So many years we've been told that God has to stay away from sin. God, God can't be where sin is. God, God can't abound in sin. God can't touch sin. But think about your life for a minute. If that doctrine was true, then how many of us could wave our hands and say that we're saved by the power of God? We wouldn't be able to testify to God's goodness because God wouldn't be able to come in and clean us. And then all of us would have to work towards our own salvation. But God's grace is so good. These 10 men, listen to this, and I'm going to try to give you a couple points that we're going to get out here, but I want you to listen to this story from the very beginning. I just preached this, the last sermon uh, at New Life, but I want you to hear how God will still unpack a suitcase. If you ever went on, on, on vacation somewhere and you, uh, you're looking for something and you go and pick up your suitcase and you unzip a small compartment and you're still pulling stuff out. I did that the other day. I was looking for some cologne, and I had a bag that I had packed like a month ago, and it was still inside of there. But watch how he unpacks the scripture. Listen to the first part, the first three words. Let's read it together. And it happened. Come on, we're going to read it together. One, two, three. And it happened. So if I can help you, I'm more of a prophetic preacher. And so I, I, I really gravitate to every word that God shares. And here's why. Because I struggle with English, and I think God did that intentionally because it allowed me to really understand what God is saying. Anybody need God to do something? Raise your hand real high if you need God to do something. Now, prophetically, I want you to hear these words. And it happened. Okay. Oh, God. I need God to do something. And the word says, and it happened. When our expectation lines up with the word of God, then we'll be able to walk in the blessings of God. Even if they hadn't showed up, we can testify that it's about to happen. It may not happen today, but I know it's going to happen. When the devil tries to pull you down, you can testify, I know it's going to happen. Why? Because the God that I serve, if he can do it for the leper, he, he can do it for me. And so it says, and 
it happened, because you got to think about this. You got to think about this. And I, I'm going to try not to get too deep in uh, the scripture, but I want you to hear this. When somebody had leprosy, when, when, when you have leprosy, the condition of leprosy causes you to be isolated. The, the, the only people that you can hang out with are other lepers. You, you can't go around other people because if you go around other people, you'll contaminate them. That's why when you went to the last church, um, they looked at you crazy because uh, you were about to contaminate them and they wanted to say pure and holy. And so they made you feel unwelcome so that you can leave. But ain't God awesome because he found a colony of believers, a colony of believers that didn't care about your condition, but they cared about your heart. They cared about your soul. They cared about your life. And they said, no matter what your condition is, you're still welcome. <laughs> you're still welcome to come in because I just believe the God that picked me up and turned me around and placed my feet on solid ground is the same God that can do it for you. That's why it's not strange that you didn't fit in the last place you went. Because it was the wrong type of colony. And, 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 and so these lepers, they found themselves to be in a place where they were isolated and they were in this city. And can I drop something else prophetically off to somebody this morning that needs God? He's getting ready to come and see about you. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. We got baptism, but I'm trying to hurry up and help some other people real quick. Listen to me. He's about to come and see about you. Maybe nobody in here needs God to come and see about him, but but I just believe that he could have went a different route. But the fact of the matter was the lepers had been lepers long enough. Okay, y'all missed that. The lepers have been lepers long enough. And God says, yeah, you've been an addict, but you've been an addict long enough. Yeah, you've been strung out, but you've been strung out long enough. Yeah, you're broke, but you've been broke long enough. Yeah, you've been broken, but you've been broken long enough. Now is the time that I'm about to come to your city at the appointed time to bring an appointed blessing. That's a sign to you. So... You got to look at it. You got to think about it now because he could have went somewhere else. But it says, and it happened that a certain time he came to a certain city. And I just believe that's too many certains for, not, for God not to be intentional. I believe this morning you came and you pressed your way. You didn't want to be here. You were tired. You wanted to take the day off, but you pressed your way. And the fact that you pressed your way, it lets me know that that's too many uncertainties. And I believe that because you pressed your way, God is getting ready to bless you, and he's going to bless you today. Yeah, yeah. And it happened, and he came to a certain city. Y'all, I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I just believe that in 2018, not that the Lord hasn't circled around by Chester before, but, 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 but I just believe that, that he's circling back this way one more time. I, I, I believe that he's doing another pass by, and I, I just believe that the people that need God to do something, if, if you listen to my next point, then you'll be able to see the manifestation of God happen in your life. Watch the scripture. So these lepers, they were in a place where their condition caused them to be isolated. But Jesus, listen, tell your neighbor, he's not concerned about your condition. He's concerned about you. Yeah. And, and, and so 
Jesus entered to this city, this village, and as he got there, they stood off afar from him. And I was looking at this, Pastor Kevin, and I, I said, you know, in, in, in Luke 5, Jesus and the other leper, they were face to face. They, they were in close proximity. But, 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 but then these lepers, the Bible specifically said they stood afar off. And I began to wonder and, and, and meditate and ask God, God, why is it that they stood afar off? But just earlier, the other leper was right there where Jesus was. And what he told me was there are many people that feel like their conditions have prevented them from getting close to God. But I stopped by to tell you this morning, I don't care about what your condition is. You can come to the altar. The first song, I think the second song said, come to the altar. Why? Because the father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness has been bought with a sacrifice. All you got to do is realize that his goodness is available. All you got to do is realize that his mercy is available. All you have to do is realize that the father is waiting and he's waiting with his arms open wide. You, you, listen, you don't have to stand afar off anymore. Listen, some of you have been trying to get it right. And so your getting it right has caused you to stay afar off. You say, I, I, I want to get it right, but, but I'm not right yet, so I'm, a, I'm not going to get too close to want to serve God because if I serve God, he might see that I'm not right. But God is saying, listen, the fact that you're not right is why I want you to come a little bit closer because I remember he told a woman at the well that if you drink from the water that I give, you'll never thirst anymore, and I need you to come and get it because I have it available for you. So they stood afar off. They stood afar off. Point number one is this. Point number two, rather, is this. And I'll circle back. The goodness of God is looking for you. The goodness of God is looking for you. I'm going to say it again until you get it. The goodness of God is looking for you. If you don't believe it, tell your neighbor. Maybe they'll believe you. Tell them that the goodness of God is looking for them. The goodness of God is looking for them. The reason why I know this is because early this morning, when the sun came up in the sky, the, the voice was, the breath was still moving in inside of your lungs. And I just believe that your testimony is that if God woke me up this morning, that must mean that goodness is looking for me. Yeah, goodness looking for me. Listen, it's a trick of the enemy to cause you to think that you're isolated and by yourself. You, you find yourself in a place where you say, no good things are ever going to happen for me. I just believe that if you change your mindset, you'll realize that goodness is looking for you. You'll realize that he said in Psalms, and I preached it a couple of weeks ago, he said, goodness and mercy shall follow you. And I just believe that you can't follow something unless you're seeking for it, unless, or unless it's sought after. Let me, let me teach that for two minutes. If, if something is looking for something. That means that if something is following something rather, that must mean that it's looking for something or something's being sought after. In a few minutes, we're going to go up to Charlotte and we're going to witness and we're going to testify to people in the city of Charlotte and there's going to be a caravan of cars and we're going to move in the same direction and the person that's behind the leader is their responsibility as they're following to make sure they seek after the leader. And God is saying there's so much that's inside of you that every morning that I wake up, I'm seeking after you. Why? Because I believe that there's greatness inside of you. There, there's no day whatsoever on this side of heaven that God doesn't pursue you. 
Behold, the Bible says in Revelations, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Whosoever open up the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with them and I'll never leave. A person doesn't knock on a door unless they went seeking. No matter what your condition is, he's still seeking after you. These men, they had leprosy, which disqualified them by man's standard to be able to even be in the presence of a holy God. But yet the holiness of God was so loving that he said, I'm going to come and seek you. Because man will corrupt you to think that there's no value inside of you. I'm going to take my glasses off so I can't see you on this part. Man will cause you to think that because of your mistakes of yesterday, that there's no more good in you. Man will cause you to think because you didn't die the I across the T that, that, that you're no valuable value to the kingdom. Man will cause you to think because you made a mistake that there's nothing else that God can use you for. But the God that I serve, he says this, I'm coming to seek after you. Because if you ever get a glimpse of who you really are, when you were struggling with your issues, that wasn't who you were. When you were bound and in chains, that, that wasn't who you are. That's why they said, we're going to break every chain because God says, listen, there's value in you. And in order for you to see the value, I got to free you. And there's no condition that will stop me. He said a billion times he'll do it again. That's why, Chris, I got excited when I was listening to the worship set because I was like, every song that you sung, it reminded me of the word of God this morning. Goodness is looking for you. Goodness is looking for you. Jesus could have went somewhere else and left these guys to die lepers. But he knew that their time was at hand. You might be going through, but know that your time is at hand. Your time is at hand. He's getting ready to show up. 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 Verse 14 says, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were clean. Verse 15 says, and one of them, when he saw he was healed. I asked you a question earlier. Have you noticed? Have you noticed the goodness of God in your life? Have you noticed when your life could have spiraled out of control? He didn't allow it to be so. H have you noticed that when you didn't know how you were going to make it? Some kind of way, something came through. H have you noticed when you didn't have hope and you got on your knees one more time and you started praying? You felt something start to bubble up on the inside. H have you noticed that other people that did the same thing that you did, their outcomes were different, but yet you're still here? H have you noticed how God's hand has kept you when other people have thrown in the towels on you. See, I just believe that when you notice the hand of God, you'll begin to position yourself to be able to serve him no matter what man says. 
Because when you look at the scripture, the scripture says he told him, go show yourself to the priest. Because in this time, in order for you to be uh, considered clean, the priest will have to make a declaration that you're healed. But this man said that I don't need the priest to tell me that I'm healed. I just know that you've done something. And, and this is something that I've never seen before. And God is saying, I need you to stop seeking the approval of man and just make up in your mind that God has changed your heart. God has made you whole. Don't wait for people to celebrate you. Realize the fact that God is great and his goodness has shown up and it's shown up in your life and that qualifies you to serve him see some of us are sitting back saying well when I get the approval of everybody else when, when, I've, when I've been sober long enough when, when, when man say man they've been sober a long time now we can use them nah <laughs> because when God transforms it it's transformed when God does it it's done and you have to have a heart at that moment that when you notice God's power has moved in your life, it should automatically prompt something. The Bible says that this man, this leper, he came back and he bowed at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And then it says, Baron, it says, and he was a Samaritan. Now, I, I know that didn't provoke something in the inside of some of you, but let me try to stir it up. As a Samaritan, he shouldn't have even been in a position to get what he got. But because of God's goodness. But because of God's goodness. But because of God's goodness. He was able to receive something. And I, and I have to publicly repent because I was upset about these other nine um, you know, as I preached this sermon several times, I, I said, man, these other nine, they didn't come back to give thanks. Well, what's up with this? And I, I, I looked at it and I said, well, maybe, and, and forgive me if I get a little too deep. But I said, maybe these nine were Jews. And if they were Jew, then the Jewish custom says that once they're declared clean, they can go back to their normal lives. But the Samaritan guy, he's a reject, and he had leprosy. Some of you may not be a Samaritan by name, but maybe you've been an addict or a prostitute. Did I do it right? <laughs> if you were here last week, you'll, you'll get it. If you wasn't, you lost. Like, what in the world is going on? Or, or, or maybe you were a drug dealer. Maybe you were a liar, a cheater. Maybe you were one of those people. And God has cleaned you up, and now you feel like you have nowhere to go because everybody who you used to be with, all they remember you by is what you used to be. Ain't it funny how some people forgive some people for things and the same person do the same thing, they won't forgive them? Find that strange. We do the same thing and you'll forgive them but won't forgive me. And God is saying the reason why is because I have a different crowd for you. I have a crowd that's willing to celebrate, to celebrate and accept everything that God has done in your life. The Bible says this and I'll get ready to close. 
It says that we're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Your testimony only works in places where people are open to experiencing the power of God. That's why some folk won't forgive you because if they forgive you, all they do is remind you of what you used to be so your testimony is null and void. And some of us have tried to fit ourselves back in that same place. And we begin to diminish what God has done in our life. Sometimes when God cleans you up, you have to get a different crowd. You have to walk into this kind of setting where people think that you've always been this way, but you say, listen. If you only knew. <laughs> if you only knew. You know, I joke with Miss Dorothy. I said, you know, I'm the bad son. <laughs> that one over there, he always gets it right. But this one, <laughs> if her knees are wore out, it's because she was praying for me. But it's a testament to the power of God. This leper realized that God had done something for him. And he had to go back and say thank you. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You can't praise the Lord when you're fixated on what God hasn't done. In Genesis, it says, in chapter number two, it says, he kneeled to the ground and he took the earth and he breathed life into it. And so if he's breathed life into us, and then in Psalms, he commends everything that has breath to praise the Lord. Then instead of me focusing on the things that God hasn't done, the mere fact that he's breathed breath into my life one more day should be the thing that I'm most concerned with, to give him thanks. And he's done it because he's good. In this Thanksgiving season, I want you to remind yourself of two things. That God is good, so therefore... It, it deserves a thanks. It deserves a thanks. This man came and he bowed at the feet of Jesus. And he said, God, I thank you. Don't be like the older son in the first story who waited until it was too late to realize what God had done. He missed an opportunity to celebrate what his father had done for him because he was fixated on what he thought hasn't been done. The younger son, he realized that his father had given him something, and he celebrated his father, and he honored him. But the older son, he was fixated on thinking that his father hasn't done something, and so he missed out. When you realize what God has done, it'll change your life. You'll be able to worship him. You'll be able to celebrate him because it's what God has done for you that he didn't have to do that have called you to praise him even when you don't feel like it. God, we thank you this morning. Let us pray. <clears throat> Eternal God, my prayer this morning is that if there's someone who has an issue that needs to be broken off, that your power would break it off in the name of Jesus. Father, it doesn't require too many works. It just simply requires you saying that it's done. Father, for the addict, or the one that's still struggling with addiction. Father, if you speak and declare that they're whole because they believe it, they'll be able to walk and receive it. Father, there's someone here who has been bound by something. They've been bound by the labels that others have given them. God, if there's someone here who's been weary, waiting on you to do something, 
God, allow this word to be a reminder that their appointed time is now. That, they're, that you're coming into a certain city. God, let them know that this week could be the week that you might show up. God, while they're waiting for the manifestation of your power, allow them to celebrate the things that you've already done. And God, I just believe that if they do those things, then that'll be enough to hold them and carry them until the other blessings and gifts show up. Father, your word says, grow not weary and well-doing, for in due season we'll reap a harvest if we faint not. God, give us the strength to hold on. Give us the strength to trust you, even when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And God, we'll give your name the glory, honor, and praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.